And now it's time for Rod and Real Radio with your hosts, Hopalong John Cassidy, fresh and saltwater expert angler Stan Vanderberg, and all-around outdoors fishing and hunting enthusiast Wendy Toshihara. If you love the outdoors, enjoy salt or freshwater fishing, this is the show for you. We'll cover most all of the fishing tournaments and events with special reports while providing you with the information you need as to how and where to experience the best fishing opportunities in Southern California, Baja, Alaska, or just about anywhere the fish are biting. Rod and Real Radio brought to you by El Cajon Ford at Broadway and Main or online at ElCajonFord.com. Whether it's time for a new or used car or truck or you need to take advantage of San Diego's best quick lane for service with genuine Ford parts, brand name tires at competitive prices, remember nobody beats El Cajon Ford. We have some fantastic guests and reports lined up for you this evening, so sit back, relax, and get ready for the fastest two hours in radio. It's all right here, right now, on Rod and Real Radio, the best stop on your radio dial for all the information you need for fishing opportunities all over the United States. Now here's your host, Hop Along, John Cassidy. Well, thank you, Mark Larson and Southern California. Welcome to the Sunday edition of Rod Reel Radio. I am your underfished host, Hop Along, John Cassidy, and it is our pleasure to have you with us tonight, hanging with us, talking about yeah, some of the things that are happening here in Southern California in the fishing scene. I hope you had yourself a great week. You dried out a little bit from some of this rain that we had, and you're getting ready to get the lines wet. Hey, let me talk to you about who we're going to have on with us tonight. First of all, out of the gate, live with me in the Palatial Anglers Arsenal Studios, Captain Ron Baker. Captain Ron will be with us not only to talk about the upcoming El Cajon Ford Lake Poway Kids Fishing Derby, but we'll talk a little bit about halibut fishing. We'll talk all types of fishing with Captain Ron. You know, in talking with Captain Ron, he was telling me he is going for his captain's license will make 50 years that he has been a a skipper. So we're going to talk to Captain Ron about that. And then later on the show, Dwayne Pontenau from the San Diego Anglers. He's going to be with us to tell us what happened in Saturday's Open Bay Bass Tournament down here in San Diego. He'll give us the results from that and some of the stories from that event. And then later on, one cool tuna himself, Jeff Squires. He's going to be with us. This is the fellow that invented the Z-Bar jig. He's going to talk about not only that, but he's going to talk about the evolution of that surface iron and what it's turning into today and what you'll be seeing at the Fred Hall shows. But before we get into all of that, let me introduce to you the co-hosts of Ron Real Radio. This lady is the national sales manager for Iserline and one heck of an outdoor enthusiast in her own right, both fishing and hunting, Miss Wendy Tushahara. Wendy, how do you do, ma'am? I'm doing great. How are you, John? Wendy, we are doing great. Let me just inform our uh, our listening audience. Uh, normally, we'll be introducing Stan Vandenberg at this time, but he's away on uh, some family matters, so Stan will be joining us in uh, future weeks. So it's just uh, Wendy and myself co-hosting the, the show. And Wendy, first of all, I need to congratulate you. You went down to San Diego Bay. You fished in the Open Bay Bass Tournament yourself. And how'd you do, ma'am? Actually, what happened was is Merritt came down, and uh, I thought it would be a great idea to have Pat and Merritt fish together, and they would they would be team one. 
So they fished together, and they came in fifth place. Wow. That's great. That is great. Hey, Wendy, let's introduce uh, our audience to the um, the guest we have tonight, and we'll be talking about the Bay Bass Tournament a little bit later on with Dwayne Potnow. But everyone, this is a fixture here in the Southern California area for almost 50 years. He's uh, worked out of Helgren's. He's worked out of San Diego. He's worked out of the landings up in L.A. and Orange County, none other than Captain Ron Baker. Captain Ron, welcome to the show. Wow. Welcome to be here. I love it. This is, I love the studio here. I love the show. See, Wendy and I go way back together and stand. It's like old home week when I come. Well, you know, <laughs> Wendy, as you well know in our listening audience, they may or may not know, Captain Ron, you're uh, no stranger when it comes to not only talk radio, but talking fishing on the radio. Yeah, I do. I've done that. I did that for 10 years with Fish Talk Radio, and I'm kind of thinking about maybe doing that again here. i got to opportunity to maybe do it and we'll see what happens but right now i got a big kids tournament coming up and i love it this is our 22nd year oh my god lake poway is that, that long oh my gosh isn't that a great run wendy 22 years can you imagine that that's amazing and you know what not only um you do the poway one but your kayamaka one your uh huck finn over at huntington beach the mile square you know, people have taken it over from what you have started, and yeah. they're still running it. Yeah, they're still running it. That's exactly right, you know. Well, you know, Wendy, there may be a lot of people out here that really don't know Ron Baker. They've they've heard of Captain Ron. They've gone to some of his events, not only on Crystal Pier, but over at Lake Poway. A lot of people have had the opportunity maybe to fish with him. Uh, he's kind of a, a legend in our own times when it is of the skippers, but... 50 years as a skipper, Captain Ron. It, it, tell us how that evolution came about. Where, where did you start? I, I started at Norm's Landing with Jimmy Egan on the Real Special. And then Dick Helgren gave me a job on the, when the Electra got launched. And then I went to school at Crawford's because that's what, when you were then, that's what you wanted to do. You wanted to be a captain. You know? So I, I went to Crawford's and got my license and passed the Coast Guard test and Ran a cat special with Bob McMasters for years and years and years. Then I bought a tuna boat, went commercial fishing for like 17 years or something, fished a bait boat for Chicken of the Sea. I've been active, man. You have. Well, not only that, you know, we were talking beforehand that you've got to get a, bo- uh, a book going because you've got stories. I know <laughs> not only have you, you have been a, um, uh, <clears throat> on the sports fishing boats, but you ferried boats and delivered boats oh, yeah. up and down the Inland Passage yeah. from from Seattle to, to Alaska and there and beyond. And oh, uh, really, you've navigated the whole Pacific Coast. I have. I literally have. It's, it's, I don't know. It's just a great way to live. I just enjoyed what I did. I've delivered a lot of boats. And I don't know. It was just fun. You know, I just commercial fish. I got a just amazing amount of knowledge in salmon fishing, albacore fishing, halibut fishing, rock cod fishing. You know, I fished a lot of hook and line rock cod out of Morro Bay. I don't know. I just, people say, well, gee, Ron, how did you catch all those fish? I, well, well, how did you do? I said, well, best thing you can do is figure out where not to go. If you can figure out where not to go, then maybe you can keep your boat over some decent water to catch them. And that's it. If you don't get them today, well, then you can, you know what not to do tomorrow. Go do something else, you know. That's the way it is. And every once in a while, you, 
stumble on a honey hole. And that's what kind of happened with that halibut fishery at Imperial Beach. You just, I kind of just stumbled onto it. And there was this big body of fish just laying there. And, you know, that halibut trip that we took, Wendy, was so much fun, wasn't it? It was a blast, and it was it was amazing because you you know I mean going out there and being that successful on a first trip, uh, oh. trying to get the broodstock halibut that was that was amazing. Yeah, I told Rory from Hubs, I said, you know, I've never caught any halibut in November. He said, well, they told me you know where they live. Well, I knew where they live in the spring. I don't know about now. <laughs> so we went down there, and Tony ran the boat. And I gave him some numbers on where I fished down there, and we just, I don't know, we just, the weather was horrible. It was blowing offshore. We had a good day. That was fun. And you know what I noticed, too, is like not only were we, the boat captain and us from Hubs, but we, the people were on a mission, too. There's something about halibut. There's just, when, when I was fishing those, the people that would come, a lot of rent rods, a lot of, uh, first-timers, because they could catch that fish. You know, that was a prize fish that they could catch. Now, like last year's big tuna, that wasn't for everybody. It was good. Don't get me wrong. There's a lot of guys caught some big tuna, but it wasn't for a rent rod guy. No. No, it wasn't. So, but no, halibut, definitely not. Yeah. Halibut guy. You know, and I was amazed how many sand bass we caught that day. There was a lot of sand bass down there. Wendy, if you will... You're talking about a particular trip that you were involved in, and Captain Ron, and he mentioned Hub Sea World and everything. Uh, set up what the particulars of this trip were, was, and what it was all about. Well, with um, United Anglers, United Anglers started the White Sea Bass Fish Hatchery Program, Hub Sea World, and um, we decided that we wanted to add another fish. So, working with Hub Sea World and Bill Shed, um, they, we took a, a vote during the Fred Hall Show last year, and everybody took a vote on what fish they wanted to see as the next fish to, to um, breed. And so it, it, halibut was number one, so we went with halibut. And so we got this trip together with the life members of CCA, and we went out and uh, tried to catch broodstock, and Captain Ron was the star. I don't, I don't know about star. I think the, I, I think I, I think the cod gods were shining that day. You know? I don't know, Wendy. If there's anyone you'd want to uh, go out halibut fishing uh, with, is there anyone better than you can think of? But Captain Ron Baker to to go chase halibut. And you know, he gives a great halibut seminar too. So I mean, if you're thinking maybe having a halibut seminar at your shop, John, he's yeah. the guy. Well, you know, we're if we can get into it tonight, we might have Captain Ron give us a little halibut seminar tonight. I know uh, he was up at Turner's in Vista with uh, with Laurie over there. Uh, he's got his uh, kids' uh, fishing derby coming up at Lake Poway next week. And Ron, you were up there. You gave a, a trout seminar. Now that's yeah. from the ridiculous to the well, sublime. Well, you know, I've been involved in that for twenty two years, and I kind of see what works. And we just talked about what works. Keep it simple for the kids. What works, you know, we got guys that rig the rods and make sure everything is perfect and then you'll catch some. And of course, the lake is full of those Nebraska tailwalkers and it's going to be good. They stock on Wednesday. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And then the lake's closed on Thursday and Friday. So Saturday morning, those fish are licking. They're ready to bite. We, we've got so many stories that we've got to share with our audience. Let me do this one, though, because you reminded me of... 
the Nebraska Tailwalker. Who the heck ever heard of a Nebraska Tailwalker? What is that? Well, Dave Richards and I, he was the lake manager. And when we lost all of our contracts from the fishing games, all the, I, I don't know, I forget what that one was up here at San Diego that had the trout hatchery. But they went under. They didn't do it. So there was a hard time scrambling for trout. So, and you wanted to make sure that the lake was stocked for the kids yeah, because everybody was you want to have a fishing derby where kids uh, catch fish. Yeah, and so we called this guy in Nebraska. And he said, yeah. I said, well, can you haul him? He goes, yeah, we can haul him. Well, the first load he brought out, he had like a maybe a one-ton truck with a big tank on it. And he hauled him out. Now when he comes, he sells to all the lakes. He has a semi so I told Dave, I said, you know, we need to come up with a name. We need to identify. Because back there they had the Alpers trout, the Lightning trout, and these lakes were advertising these trout. And it was kind of a big deal. So we sat there in the office at Poway and come up with the Nebraska tailwalkers. And, now, and then when the truck backs into Poway, I see on the side, another load of Nebraska tailwalkers. <laughs> Makes me feel good. And, you know, the owner back there, he always throws some rootstock in, kind of throws me a bone, you know. It's good. So what what are the uh, uh, the size of the fish that are in there that the kids are going to be able to catch? Well, these are all from two pounds and up. Nice. Because why? Because Lake Powell is full of Florida strained bass. And if you put fishing game trout in there, there won't be none left. Oh, man. How does uh, Lake Poway get around uh, uh, the California Department of Fish and Wildlife taking fish from another state and putting them into Poway? Is that a problem? I don't know. I host the tournament. <laughs> what do you think, Wendy? Is there a problem? I don't know. There's no problem. How can there be a problem with a bunch of kids fishing? Right. I mean, come on. It's for the kids. Yeah. <laughs> now, when you say for the kids, Captain Ron, on any given event that you run over there at Poway, uh, how many kids do you actually draw? Uh, four or five hundred, plus the parents. Four or five hundred kids the around lake Lake is full. Poway. Yeah, the lake is full. And then we do a camp out on Friday night. Friday night we have a free pizza feed, a seminar. Mike Long comes and gives a seminar on how to win the Lake Poway Youth Derby. We have a huge raffle. Then we have everybody camps in the park. Have a big bonfire, everybody cooking their s'mores up, telling fish stories. Oh, so many parents have told me, I never camped before. I never, I didn't know we could do this. Well, when you go up the Poway, you go up the road, and you go over the hill, and it's like you're in a whole new world. So we got these beautiful rolling hills with grass, and people set their tents up. And yeah. Our good friends at Elko and Ford are uh, title sponsor for this yeah. event. What do they What do they do for you for that event? They donate a lot of money to us to do it. You know, years ago, and Wendy will remember, we used to do these tournaments with all donations, and it was huge. The donations we would we would work six months or a year with the radio show trying to get prizes for the tournament. But that's kind of changed. Industry has changed. So what we do is we just I went after some of the sponsors and tell them I needed money and then I get industry people to sell me gear at really an expensive price, good prices. A lot of people throw in gear. So Elko Home Ford's involved. Friends of Rollo's involved. The Barona Band of Mission Indians are involved. Wow. Not, not the casino, but those people because a lot of their 
people came to those tournaments. They would come fishing. They liked to fish, so they had some extra money, and they just they give me they give me like eight hundred dollars a year just. For the prizes for well, me. I was at Verona Casino last night, I, and I feel like I directly contributed to guy, your tournament. Oh, God, you're <laughs> such a sport. I saw your post. You went, how was the food? That's, that primary oh, looked that, pretty damn that good. Buffet that buffet at Verona is the best. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Hey, guys, we're going to take a break right now. We got Captain Ron Baker with us. He's going to be with us for the whole show. We're going to be talking about the kids' fishing derby at Poway. We're going to talk about halibut fishing. Uh, uh, maybe he'll tell us a little bit about how best to catch them there in Nebraska tailwalkers. We're going to talk a lot about fishing with Captain Ron Baker, but we're going to take a break uh, right now. Coming up next, Wayne Pottenow from the San Diego Anglers. Cool. He's scheduled to be with us, and we're going to talk a little bit about what happened at yesterday's Open Bay Bass Tournament down here. So stay tuned. There's still lots more Rod and Reel Radio to come after these messages. You can count on El Cajon Ford, as so many Southern Californians have for years. El Cajon Ford has the cars and trucks you can count on, like the all-new Fusion and Escape, Edge, Explorers, and more. And now, Fiestas with 38 MPG and Focus with 40 miles per gallon highway, plus C-Max Energy with up to 42 highway EPA estimates. El Cajon Ford has them now. Shop online at ElCajonFord.com. Choose from hundreds of your favorite F-Series trucks, too. El Cajon Ford knows trucks, no matter what you're hauling or towing, for a great weekend of fishing or for some fun in the desert. Now get special savings on every F-Series truck in stock, 150s, 250s, 350s, at El Cajon Ford. We have commercial trucks, too, including the all-new Transit Connect, finally a commercial van with great mileage, helping your business get moving again. El Cajon Ford, worth the short drive from anywhere in Southern California, Broadway and East Main at El Cajon, or online anytime, anywhere at ElCajonFord.com. Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel, specially heat-treated to make them light and extra strong but not brittle. The Gamakatsu sharpening process is the most modern in the world and results in a perfectly conical point that is unequaled in sharpness. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing, drop shot, extra wide gap, worm hooks, finesse wide gap, and a lot more. Gamakatsu has a hook for whatever style of fishing you want to do. Don't waste your time on a cheap hook. Ask for Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. If the fish are biting, I'm on my boat, rain or shine. Of course, I wear my life jacket. It's like wearing a seatbelt. Clip it on, grab my tackle box, and hit the water. Love California, boat California, save California. A message from California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. H&M Landing is the most diversified sport fishing company on the West Coast. Serving the angling community since 1935, H&M Landing's name recognition and reputation for customer service is the best in the business. The H&M fleet provides the widest range of trip options and boasts the coast's largest open party fleet. For ocean fishing any time of the year, H&M Landing should be your choice for nearshore and offshore fishing. H&M is San Diego's most experienced sport fishing company, offering the best in half-day, three-quarter day, full, and multi-day trips, and a complete schedule of long-range adventures. Call today, HM Landing, 619-222-1144, or visit their website at www.hmlanding.com for updated schedules and secure online booking. H&M Landing, the experienced angler's first choice in local and multi-day fishing since 1935. That's H&M Landing at 619-222-1144 or hmlanding.com. 2015 and 16, Quantum Fishing's gone and done it again for you. 
with the brand new redesigned Smoke PT Reel Series. Everything from your spinning reels all the way to your bait casters, the PTA design has a new PTXA frame, lighter, stronger, bone crushing drag, quantum fishing. We are performance tuned. Check them out at Angler's Arsenal in La Mesa or anglersarsenal.com or give us a call at 619-466-8355. It's a big deal. You know, I've always wanted to be on Rod and Reel Radio Line. <laughs> <laughs> I won the Bassmaster Classic. I did a, a McDonald's commercial, but now I know I've made it. I fulfilled my dream. <laughs> that is just absolutely awesome. <laughs> And we do want to welcome you back to Rod and Reel Radio. Wendy Toshara is with me tonight. Our special guest in studio is Captain Ron Baker. But we're going to change gears here a little bit, and we're going to go direct to Wayne Pontnow. Wayne Pontnow is with the San Diego Anglers and was one of the fellows that, that kept all the ifs, ands, and buts together for the Open Bay Bass <laughs> Tournament. And we've had Wayne on for the past couple of weeks. He's talked about the upcoming tournament. He talked about why the tournament was postponed, and now he gets to talk about the fun part of the tournament. It's over, and he gets to talk about the results. Wayne, welcome to Ron Real Radio. Thanks, Tom. Hey, uh, you know, uh, I, I texted you a couple of times last night, and I know you were probably rode hard and put away wet after I the would, event. But uh, right. tell us a little bit, how, how did it go, Wayne? Well, they turned out was wonderful. Uh, the, quite a change in weather between last weekend and this weekend. You couldn't ask for a picture perfect day. It was uh, it was a, a nice, warm, sunny, windless day there. Just well, the fish did just a little bit better. Well, were you guys uh, uh, kind of uh, hemming and hawing a little bit on Friday because we did have some Santa Ana winds down there? Or was it uh, uh, darn the torpedoes and full speed ahead? We're going to run this thing. That's right. The uh, the ten crew had no problem putting it up in that wind. It wasn't it wasn't as bad as it was the Friday before, but um, <laughs> they they weren't concerned. They got it up, no problem. They got it up in the ballast in, and uh, and the tent was uh, secured. All right. Well, tell us uh, when uh, the dust settled. Uh, how many entries did you have in the uh, boat division, and how did it turn out in the kayak division, Wayne? We ended up with about 35 kayaks, and we ended up with just about 100 boats on the, for the two-man team. So wow. we ended up about 135 total uh, crafts out on the water there. Wow, it's great. And uh, and uh, give us a little idea how the fishing went in both categories. Uh, it was a little tough. Uh, uh, for the kayaks, we had, uh, like I said, 35, and I think only seven teams were able to weigh any fish at all. Oh and five of those, five of those teams got money. Uh, for the boat division, I think sixty teams, if I remember right, from Earl, sixty teams weighed fish out of the hundred boats. Okay, weighed three fish or just weighed fish uh, all together? Two and three, two and three fish. Yep. Uh, most of the people, if they just caught one fish, they just let it go or they didn't weigh it. So we we saw um, decent weights come across the scale, considering them. Um, um, the size of the fish. Wow. Now tell us a little bit about the quality of fish and who won and uh, some of the gory details. Okay. Well, then uh, let's start with the uh, – let me start with the um, the boat division here. Okay. I'll start with um, uh, uh, third place in the boat division went to Brandon um, Nelson and Darren Pasolich. Uh, they both worked on the Fisherman's Landing Tackle. Uh, there are three fish, weighed 6.04 pounds. 
Um, second place, and you're going to be familiar with this name. It was Chad Garlick again, second place. Uh, he got second, you know, he got the SBS second place too. Chad Garlick and his fiance Josephine Pemberton, they got uh, 6.80 pounds on their hookup bait. And then first place, uh, the little story behind this was Tony Souza and Mario Souza, the Souza brothers here. Oh, yeah. Now, now if, what, you're, if you're, pardon? Uh, why? Why do? Why does that name sound familiar from like a year ago? Two years ago, yes. <laughs> uh, Tony Souza called me in a panic the Friday night before the tournament. Said his gasoline, uh, his, his uh, gas tank sprung a leak, and begged to fish the tournament in a kayak. In the boat division, he didn't want to compete against the kayak, so we let him. He ended up winning the tournament, fishing out in front of Shelter Island Launcher. He beat everybody. He just lost oh them. And so um, uh, he invited his brother to go fishing this time for the very first time. They normally compete against themselves in this tournament, but he invited his brother. They went out to the uh, the jetty on, uh, uh, on inside the boundaries there. And they worked the jetty just like um, the Israel brothers did last year. They used spinner bait and a little bit of live bait, and they caught calico bass, and they ended up winning the tournament there. Okay, congratulations. What kind of weight? Three-quarter pound. I'm sorry, what was that again? I was talking over you. Just about, yeah, seven three-quarter pounds is their winning weight, three calico bass. Well, you know, uh, considering that many boats, and kayaks on the bay and that pressure on the bay, that's not too bad to wait for uh, uh, for uh, three fish. Now, how'd the kayak yeah. division do? Kayak division here. Um, first place went to uh, uh, Mark Kleider. Uh, that's a very familiar name out there, 2.98 pounds, and he won $500. Second place was uh, Ken Roseberg, um, 2.77 pounds. Um, uh, third place went to Eric Coria and 1.85 pounds. I'm sure that's not three fish. That's, that looks like two fish to me there. Yeah. But um, that was first, second, and third there. All right. Now, you also had some side pots going. How did those turn out? Do you have any information on that, Dwayne? Yes, I do. <laughs> um, the, the, the halibut jackpot went to the team of Mercy and Murray. It was a, a 15 and a half pound fish had come into the weigh-in live, so we were able to uh, put it nice. into the into the catch and release boat and keep the kids entertained for quite a while. So 15 and a half pounds, and it netted them 840 and forty dollars for that lucky fish they got there. Nice. And, and then, then the I, team, uh, well, okay. I, I know Bill Schaefer too. He also sponsors a, and I think he did this time too, uh, a spotted bass uh, uh, jackpot. Yeah. Uh, that that winning spot of bass weighed um, uh, 1.90 pounds. It went to Travis Hargis and Tony Gilbert, and they won the large. That was the largest spot of bass of the tournament, just about two pounds, 150 bucks for that. Right. Cool. Now, it's, then, yeah, go on. The largest bass of the tournament was uh, caught by um, uh, Tom Gruber and his partner John Clemens, and that was almost four pounds, uh, three point. Uh, 3.80 or something like that. I don't remember exactly, but almost four pounds. If they would have caught one more keeper fish along with that second fish, uh, they might have done some damage. Or they were up there in the places where they just needed another keeper fish, and they would have been probably in the top five. Well, we've got we've got to get kudos to everyone that fished that. But I'm I'm thinking in general, uh, Chad Gerlich and his uh, his lady friend uh, Jojo. Uh, we had Chad on uh, the week before from hookup baits and he had done really 
fairly well in the SBS tournament. That was all spotties uh, just the week before. And then he goes out in a, a field of uh, 100 boats, uh, takes his hookup baits, and uh, does fairly well in the Bay Bass tournament. Not too bad at all. No, not at all. And there's a little side story behind that, too. Uh, he took Pat McDonald uh, from Western Outdoor News, the other Western Outdoor News. He took him in the bay and showed him how to use his baits last week. So Pat actually uh, uh, made fifth place in this tournament with those new baits there. First time Pat's ever finished in the top ten, so he's pretty excited. But I'm sure we're going to read about him in Western Outdoor News a lot. Him and Merrick, uh, uh, they got fifth place there. Well, I, Wendy, I think uh, Pat McDonald was sandbagging a little bit. Not, not that you wouldn't have made a uh, a great partner, but uh, uh, you know your friend Merritt. Uh, my gosh, uh, not a bad team. It was a great team, and I'm so glad that they did well. And it was it was pretty neat to see they've never fished together. And it was you know Merritt just last minute in that morning. In fact, on our drive, I'm like, want to fish it? I mean, I've, I've got all my gear. It's all packed. Why don't you fish it? So I'm glad they did well. <laughs> yeah, great. You know, Dwayne, yeah. obviously this is a big draw for the fishermen uh, in uh, Southern California here, but it's also open to the public. And even though yeah. you had to postpone this event for a week, how did the public turn out for this? It was a great turnout. Uh, the tent was absolutely jam-packed full. We, uh, we served food until nobody wanted to have another beer or have another hamburger here. So no, it was a great it was a great event down there. Um, um, I think we did a good job in um, in uh, uh, in delaying it and pulling it all together this last week here. So I think um, I think we did a good job, and the public appreciated. Hey, Dwayne, Catherine, on here. You know them yeah. them Sousa brothers. They've been fishing <laughs> that tournament for years and years and years yeah. and years. They don't always yeah. fish. Sometimes they fish together. Most time they don't. Usually Mario fishes with his son Jordan, and Tony Correct. fish. Yeah, but you know those guys have fished with Barbie. Yeah, yeah, those guys been fishing with me for twenty five years. That's a great fishing family right there. That whole yes, Susan- it is. Uh, you know, and, and, and Tony was telling me a story there. You know, he fished. Uh, he was a captain of a crab boat out of Dutch Harbor, yeah. and I think he said the last year that he was running the boat. The next year is when they started filming. Uh, deadliest catch up there he was talking about you know sig and all those guys up there and he wished that he would have made a state on one more year he would have made it a lot of fun and actually the boat he was captain was actually on that first year of deadliest catch so i didn't know that he had run a crab boat up there very interesting and he also he also ran a catcher processor too for years i didn't know that and (laughs) he's a talented fisherman and let me tell you and that whole Sousa family came from the persane industry that whole Sousa family was Big in the canneries here in San Diego, so they That's might a, have gills. <laughs> they, they probably do. Yeah. Well, well I'm, I'm glad they won. Now, Kudu's now, Dwayne, this is a great tournament, and uh, great prizes were given out to the people that were fishing this this event. And we'll talk a little bit about the sponsors, but you also had a raffle with uh, great prizes. But there is also the proceeds from this tournament also go to a good cause. And tell us a little bit about that. Yes, uh, the San Diego Anglers is, um, um, is, is uh, forming a foundation, or it's called the San Diego Anglers, Anglers Foundation. It's going to be a 501c3 charity, very similar to Friends of Rollo. I think we're going to work out is um, taking wounded warriors fishing. We had no idea there was such a, 
a demand for it, and it's very expensive to do that, to charter a boat and get Mexican permits and all that stuff, and we thought we would give it a crack and and uh, and uh, make a 501c3 um, a nonprofit charity here. So the proceeds, uh, not all of them, because we still have to pay our bills and our insurance for the fishing club. So um, whatever left, um, uh, we will donate to the 501c3. So we will... Uh, we're just waiting for the final approval from the IRS. All of everything else has been approved, uh, and uh, we're just waiting from the IRS to say it's a go. Well, Dwayne, I know though in past years too, even without uh, you know the tax situation, San Diego anglers uh, and their people have always been generous when it comes to supporting kids fishing at Day at the Docks yeah. and. With all the events like Captain Ron and and Catherine yeah. Miller run and uh, uh, you know anytime there's any type of a kids event and then when it comes to taking out the kids fishing Friends of Rolla you know in doing that and then also being actively involved with the Wounded Warriors Project there's always San Diego Angler members oh, that are there yeah yeah you 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 pretty much hit them all there uh, John you pretty much yeah. hit them all you know Captain Ron got us started with the uh, the trout fishing up there at Lake Cuyamaca when he was yeah. uh, when he was part of that, and we can we continue to do that with Butch up there. Um, he called us up again this year. So we still, still do it. We do the barbecuing and all the stuff up there. Oh us. man, that you know, I want you to know that. You remember the years that Congressman Duncan Hunter would come out to that lake? Remember those years? Yep, in his in his cowboy hat. I remember oh, very yeah. well. You know, he he went up. He went to Congress and talked about us on the Congress floor because I read all about it in the Register. Talked about nice. Yeah. He, you know, he would always take a big plate of fish, put it in the back of his limo, and take off with it. <laughs> Duncan, was a, Duncan was a true redneck boy. He, was, he loved that tournament, boy. He loved the kids. He'd walk around, shake hands with everybody. But he, when you, he see looked, him, you see him go to for his limo, he had a big, giant plate of food. You know, and yeah, yeah, he, he, he looked like a proud grandfather up there, the way uh, he was walking around. He just looked very proud. Oh, yeah. You know, Ed, Ed, David, uh, Dwayne, while we're talking about uh, some uh, of the work that the members do, also, there are members that come into my shop, and I think they do all the shops, too, before some of these big kids' events, and they'll buy up a bunch of fishing tackle and a bunch of gear mm-hmm. out of their own pocket so that they can donate uh, and make the events even that more successful to the kids. And uh I've got to thank you guys for that. It, it's always a, a big thing. That's a very that's a very common occurrence. People spend it out of their own pocket to get these uh, these kids fishing here. Very common. I get calls all the time. Hey, I got this. You know, I got this. Oh yeah. You want to hear a real quick story about donating prizes? Sure. You got time, Dwayne? Yes, I got. Yeah. Yeah, we were on the radio show. Yeah. <laughs> Orange County, right? <laughs> Guy calls in. Lady calls in and says that her husband had passed away and he had a whole garage full of tackle. Would you like to, he wants me to give it to you for the kids' tournament. So my gardener and I, we decided to drive up to see what this guy's got. And they open the garage, and here's a whole garage full of true lines, harnells. I mean, uh, it was like a total blue room, you know? Uh-huh. So we got all these prizes. We took them down to the Huntington Beach Pier. And we had all these rods all lined up. So many people would come by. They, hey, look at these old harnells and Siloflexes and all these really vintage rods, you know. That's what this guy had. Reels and ah, so 
I hate to think what that was worth. We just gave them all away to the kids. Oh, my God. Guys would say, you can't do that. What's that kid going to do with that D8? I don't know. What's he going to have fun with it? Well, Dwayne, I know an event like this uh, can't be done without the help of some sponsors. Uh, uh, If you will, uh, you know, who are some of the sponsors that were instrumental in making this year's event the success that it was? How about we start out with Rotten Real Radio and Western Plastic? I went over there the Thursday before and picked everything up. You put something in the goodie bag for every angler. So I know they appreciate it. They, it's like Christmas morning when they're looking in that goodie bag to see what's in there. So um, thank you very much, John, for uh, your generous donation. Title sponsor, you write the event it is without the, 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 the corporate sponsorship from uh, Towboat U.S. And then next in line was... Uh, Ron Lane from Fast Lane Kayaks down in Mission Bay. Uh, we approached him a couple years ago and said, hey, we'd like to uh, do a kayak division, but we don't have any sponsor. And uh, he said, heck yeah, I'll do that. So uh, he's been uh, honing the money up for the, uh, for, the, for the cash prizes there for the, on the kayak side. And then um, after that, it's just um, Abu Garcia and Shimano and Iserline and and um, I, I don't know. There's like 100 sponsors I uh, I. I there's just, well, you, a, there's just a ton of sponsors. Almost everybody I call says yes to the event. Well, let me help you out a little bit. You got uh, uh, Hobie Fishing. You've got Daiwa. Yep. You've got uh, Hookup Baits. Uh, you've got Abu Garcia. Uh, you have Berkeley. Uh, you've got MC Swim Baits, Iserline, Cousins, Luz, Seaforth, uh, Lakeside Bait and Tackle, uh, Barnacle Bill, State Farm Insurance. Uh, these are all people that that come and help you out and try to make this the event that it is an all San Diego event. And, uh, my gosh, you guys do a tremendous job because very few of, of the members of the San Diego anglers actually get a chance to fish this. They're, they're working uh, in one uh, form or another, uh, uh, supporting this event. And even the guy, even the ones that do fish, guess what? They put their boat on the trailer and they jump right in and start cooking hamburgers or helping with the, with the cleanup at the end. So um, it's just a long day for them. So I appreciate that, 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 that uh, tremendous effort that they make. Yeah, we also have to thank, too, uh, Dwayne, the Port of San Diego. Uh, yeah. They kept that launch ramp open long enough so that you could have the event. There was, uh, you, know, you know, some of us were thinking back uh, come the last summer that, Maybe that thing would be closed and we wouldn't have the event, but you guys worked with the Port of San Diego and we were able to run the event uh, out of the yeah. uh, Shelter Island launch ramp. And it, and it was great. It was just a simple phone call. You know, we have in our, our planning meetings and uh, all these contingency plans, and they just said, let's just call the port and just ask them if they can keep it open another week or two. And they were very generous, and they said, yes, yeah, no problem. We certainly can hold it off construction until um, – you guys have your tournament, so it was very, very easy working with Sophie and Jim down at the port there. Very easy. Well, Dwayne, I want to thank you very much for the t- time you spent, especially here on Sunday night, reporting on the uh, uh, the tournament and then coming on tonight because I know today must have been a day of rest for you. And no, thanks a lot no. for all the work you do. You know what we're doing right now? I'm over at Mike Cazelli's house, and we're planning for next year already. we got a whole group of people here uh, while it's fresh in our minds, so we're already planning for next year. All right, take get that tide book out and get us some good tides for next year. You, you think it's going to be January of uh, 2018 again? January 2018, that's correct. All right. 
Well, Dwayne Potnow from the San Diego Anglers reporting on the San Diego Open Bay Bass Tournament. Thanks a lot for being with us, Dwayne, and congratulations, and I hope we get a chance to see you on the water this coming season. Thanks for the compliment. All right. See you, Dwayne. See you, Dwayne. Bye, Bye, Bye-bye. Hey, Jorge, thanks a lot for holding off on the commercials. Uh, we uh, we went way over time on that segment. You're listening to Ron Real Radio on AM 540 or at com. Captain Ron Baker is with us all night, uh, tonight along with the beautiful Wendy Toshihara. We'll be back with more Ron Real Radio after these messages. Amber Marine has been servicing boats and outboard motors for more than 30 years in the Newport Harbor area. They're a factory-authorized dealer for Tohatsu and Nissan outboards and also provide factory-authorized repair and service for all types of marine outboards. Located near the corner of 17th and Placentia Avenue, Amber Marine is at 786 Newton Way in Costa Mesa. Affordable boating and repair since 1982. 949-646-6918 and on the web at ambermarine.net. Angler Arsenal is the serious angler's first choice for hand-poured plastics. McCoy line, Spro products, Gamakatsu hooks, G. Loomis fishing rods, Shimano products, Ovet reels, and just about anything you hear advertised on Rod and Reel Radio. Go to anglersarsenal.com and visit our online tackle store. See the huge selection of western plastics hand-poured baits, all at anglersarsenal.com. Angler's Arsenal tackle store is conveniently located in La Mesa, just off Interstate 8. Give us a call at 1-800-428-8730. If you're serious about your fishing, choosing the right tackle is one of the most important decisions you'll ever make. Iserline makes premium fishing lines including monofilament, Dacron, Spectra, fluorocarbon, battle-tested harnesses, and top angler-tested Iserline tools and accessories. Iserline premium fishing products are created to provide you with the ultimate in strength, dependability, durability, high abrasion resistance, low stretch, and high quality. All Iserline products are 100% guaranteed against manufacturing defects. You just can't buy better value. Iserline will replace or repair at their option. No questions asked if you're not pleased with any of their product. Catch what you've been missing. Quality guaranteed. Every serious angler knows that a quality hook is an important part of their arsenal. Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel, specially heat-treated to make them light and extra strong but not brittle. Gamakatsu ring hooks are made with a one-piece ring, no welds, no weak spots, a very smooth-moving ring. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing. Live bait hooks, both light and heavy-duty, to four extra strong circle hooks, tuna hooks, ring hooks, tuna doubles, and many more. Don't waste your next fishing trip on a cheap hook. Get Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. If the fish are biting, I'm on my boat, rain or shine. Of course, I wear my life jacket. It's like wearing a seatbelt. Clip it on, grab my tackle box, and hit the water. Love California, boat California, save California. A message from California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. This portion of Rod and Reel Radio is brought to you by the Rockley's Fish Release System. Now you can quickly and easily release fish suffering from barotrauma back to the depths they were caught. Look or ask for the Rockley's at your local fishing tackle dealer. Hey, Wendy and I, we want to welcome you back to Rod and Reel Radio. Also welcome our special guest with us tonight, Ron Baker. Normally at this time, we have Captain Frank Ursetti with us from H&M Landing. Captain Frank is a little bit under the weather and even worse, suffering from a little laryngitis. We've done a little work over there, and I've got to tell you, there's still great fi- uh, fishing. 
going down the uh, Mexican coast to Colinette. Uh, the Excel just came back from a one-and-a-half-day trip over there. They had 32 yellowtail, excellent signs of yellowtail after this weather dies down a lot and tremendous rock fishing. And if you don't have the time to go on out on a, a day-and-a-half or a day trip, the, the premier out of uh, H&M Landing, uh, they went out on a half-day trip. And sometimes those half-day trips, if there's no one scheduled to go, in the later afternoons or anything like that turns out to be a three-quarter day trip. And Lori Heath advises that they had a great sand bass bite on the half-day trip. And uh, Lori said she was, again, using the hookup baits. And uh, it was a hookup bait that got the uh, jackpot on that uh, particular trip. So our weather conditions are really dying down a lot. If you're looking at going down the Mexican coast to fish colonnette, going on out, let's say, with Captain Chris Randall. You better hurry up with Captain Chris Randall on the Chief. I think his last trip is right in the beginning of March, so you want to go out with him or go out with any of the boats going down there. Give H&M Landing a call, 619-221-144. Go out on the half-day or the three-quarter-day trip because there's going to be excellent fishing. And, you know, a couple of weeks ago we had uh, Jerry Mayhew on. Jerry is the director of the Saltwater Bass Series. So we think about Jerry as going out after calicos and sand bass and whatever it is out there. But uh, Jerry also fished uh, Rick Grover's uh, Ranger Appreciation Tournament at uh, Lake San Vicente, and he won that event with his partner. Came in with a bag of 20 and a half pounds. They put 89 boats on the water. Not too bad a fishing for the winter, 20 and a half pounds. So Congratulations to Jerry Mayhew and uh, all the people that fished in the Ranger Appreciation Tournament. Now, Captain Ron, let me get on back to you. Uh, you've got an event coming up here for the kids at Lake Powell. Tell us a little bit about what the time frame is and, and how the kids can fall in line to take uh, advantage of it. Well, there's no registration for the kids. Okay. Friday night, there's a camp out. Uh, you can come anytime on Friday. Uh, I think they, uh, for motor homes and that, I think they charge $15 camping a lot. And that's mainly to kind of pay for the ranger and somebody to be on patrol. And we have a big raffle. We have a free pizza feed. We get all the rods are rigged. Bloody Decks comes. Uh, El Capitan School comes. Kids are there rigging kids. A lot of raffle. Michael raffle 40 rods and reels off. Now, this is all Friday night? Friday night. Now, what do the kids do? Can they bring uh, uh, tents and sleep overnight yeah. and mom and dad and everything uh, like that and have a great time with oh, the family? You can't believe how many parents would tell me, I've never camped with my kids before. Oh, my God, that was so much fun. Even if the weather is adverse, it's part of it, you know. I think it's going to be good this year. Last year it was a little windy, but I don't know. It is what it is. You can't change Mother Nature's going to win no matter what. So you, you feed them, you have raffles, you have a great time. I, I've got to tell you, I've got to give you and the city of Poway credit for doing something like this for the kids because it's, for the most part, all free for them. Yeah. I mean, how do you do that? You try and do that in any well, other lake, and it, it'd be impossible. This year we had a change, and to me it's the most beautiful thing that could happen. Two years ago we got elected a new mayor in Poway. Last year, the mayor came out to the youth derby. He couldn't believe it. So, my God, I've been trying for years to get the mayor to come out and just see what's going on because it's 
It's a wonderful event. Could very well be the best trout derby in the state. I mean, it's the venue is perfect. The lake is safe. The trout are good. The boats are good. Everything is good. It's run well. Lots of prizes. Lots of good help. You got to surround yourself with good help. You know, I got face painters and people that cook San Diego Rod and Real Club. Extreme Raheem and a magician comes for the kids. All oh, that's great. They love it. We do all kinds of games. It's, a, it's an amazing thing. You know, it's just. But this year, the mayor came out. We saw it. Oh, my God. Redneck guy with a cowboy hat on walks around. <laughs> so this year, when we went to set the meeting, set the lake up, the lake manager told me, by the way, he says, I want you to know that the city has included this lake into their budget. Very good. Oh, my God. That means that's going to go on forever. As long as it's in that budget, there'll be plenty of money to do that. You know, and... Uh, so, if mom and dad bring the kids on Friday. Uh, what time can they start checking in, and where do they set up? Noon or whatever, whenever they get there. Okay. Noon, one o'clock, three o'clock, four o'clock. Try to get there before dark. You know sure. Doing, but get yourself set up. Then we then we have the the seminar and the raffle and the pizza feed. And we get all the pizza from Costco, and they give us a good deal on it. We bring about thirty or forty pizzas down there. And, it's just wonderful. What a deal. Now, Now, if mom and dad can't bring the kids down there on Friday, you still have the opportunity on Saturday. Yeah. What What's the uh, the routine for well, Saturday? The gate opens about 5 on Saturday. You can drive in. The lake's closed. At dark, the lake's gates will close on Friday night. Sure. And then Saturday morning, People start lining up, and sometimes we get a line all the way up to the gate, all the way down onto a spool of road. And one year, it went all the way to the high school. <laughs> people waiting in line. So, if people come in and rent their boats, if they got there's 55 boats to rent, so not everybody's going to get a boat. But I don't think it's necessary. The kids from shore really catch them, and they just start fishing. Six o'clock, fishing begins, and now they don't have gear. Uh, do they? They have to go out and get gear, or oh. is there gear available for them? Lakeside Optimist, DJ, he... Oh, my gosh, yes. He brings that trailer he's got with all the rods and loans them out to the kids. And Bloody Dex comes and rigs everybody up. There's a rigging booth there. It's, you know, it's great. We got Mila, who's been doing this tournament for 15 years, who's a face painter. Paints all the kids' faces, their cartoons and things all over their face. The kids love that. That's what you and I do. We have to get our face painted. I, you know, sometimes uh, people can't tell the difference between my face now and when it's painted. So, yeah, we can, we can add a little of this. You could be Grizzly Adams. <laughs> you know, uh, so uh, you know uh, this. And we wanted to let you know there's a great temptation for mom and dad to one come and fish too, but this is something that's for the kids, yeah. at least for the first part of the you day. Know, We've had a problem lately with a lot of the adults fishing. And my theory on that is it's for youth only. It's for kids. But if a father comes and wants to help his kid bait up, cast a rod, set up, whatever they're going to do is fine. But if they get a bite, I'd like to see the kid grab the rod and the kid wind it in. That's it. I'm not going to say a dad can't help a kid. That's what it's all about. My dad used to help me all the time, you know, so... Just we got to remember it's a it's it's a youth only derby from 15 and under, but at 12:30 when the derby's over, 
then the adults could buy a permit and fish. And Captain Ron, you talk about something to make a memory about. I'm sure now you are getting volunteers helping you out that were young men and women that actually started this uh, fishing this event a long time ago. I've got one guy that comes from Bend, Oregon every year. He was on our second derby, and he won it. And he comes back every year just to partake, come make a Southern California run. Comes down, goes to the derby. We got a lot of help. We got, it's, it's amazing how many, you know, all the prizes we got. It's just a fun day. Okay, and what's the schedule going to be now? How long do they fish, and then what happens after they're finished fishing? Well, the fishing is starts at 6, and you have to be in line by 1230 with your fish to weigh them. But sometimes that's pretty spectacular. These kids, come; they can, they can rip them up, man. There's some nice limits. And uh, we usually start serving lunch about 11. Extreme Raheem comes and does his magician show and comedy show. It's... Okay. I don't know. There's just something about a magician when you're a kid, you know. To watch it in your eyes and get fooled and kind of figure out how he did that. I don't know. Kids love it. He does two shows. We have casting contests, coloring books. Every kid gets a prize. It's, 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 all you can eat hot dogs. <laughs> and then everyone, you try to get so that everyone that is fishing that's a kid Goes home with a prize, too. Oh, every, every kid gets prize. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Tony from AA Worms has been donating to that event for 22 years. He gives me a big box of plastics, and we give them to all the kids. You know? Yeah. And but there's, the, there's a lot of rod. We're going to raffle off 160 rods and reels. And there's non-fishing stuff, too. You're uh, telling me Luke uh, helped out. Yeah, I got a bunch of balls. I got a, Luke's got an end to a place that saves all the balls that didn't get sold at Christmas. Now, this is uh, Luke from uh, Angler's Choice? Yep. Yep. He's been involved in this tournament and the Crystal Pier event. So, I don't know. It's just, I enjoy doing them. I enjoy the lake one this 22 years. This will be eight years at Crystal Pier. That started out with a grant. Now, thanks to Friends Rolo, and the grant went away. So, but we still do it. It's a wonderful, and there's so much fish caught on that pier. And all the city is gathered into that event. And I just look at your tie book. The world be known right now. The day okay. Uh, Crystal Pier. Kids Classic, it's called. July 22nd. All right. We're going to put gates that op- down. Gates open at 8 a.m. We don't get an early start because all those people have those cottages rented there. So the kids go out at 8. We fish till noon. And then we have a free fish tacos. Bubs last year came fish tacos. Tommy Gomes did it for years. Oh, yeah. San Diego Rod and Reel comes, cooks hot dogs. There's plenty of bait. It's just a wonderful event. All right. Hey, Captain Ron, we got to take a break right now. But what I want to do after we have our next guest on, you gave a seminar over at Turner's on how the kids can catch uh, trout. And I'm hoping that maybe you can share with us some of the that tips that you had at that, that seminar. We, we can do that. Hey, Wendy and I and Captain Ron Baker, we're going to take a break right now. Coming up in the second hour, we're going to have Jeff Squires from One Cool Tuna. He's going to talk about not only the Z-Bar jig that uh, he introduced last year at the Fred Hall shows, but the way that jig has evolved and what you can expect to see in the future. So we're going to break right now. You're listening to Rod and Reel Radio. Come on back because there's still a lot more show to come. 
you can count on El Cajon Ford, as so many Southern Californians have for years. El Cajon Ford has the cars and trucks you can count on, like the all-new Fusion and Escape, Edge, Explorers, and more. And now, Fiestas with 38 MPG and Focus with 40 miles per gallon highway, plus C-Max Energy with up to 42 highway EPA estimates. El Cajon Ford has them now. Shop online at ElCajonFord.com. Choose from hundreds of your favorite F-Series trucks, too. El Cajon Ford knows trucks, no matter what you're hauling or towing, for a great weekend of fishing or for some fun in the desert. Now get special savings on every F-Series truck in stock, 150s, 250s, 350s, at El Cajon Ford. We have commercial trucks, too, including the all-new Transit Connect, finally a commercial van with great mileage, helping your business get moving again. El Cajon Ford, worth the short drive from anywhere in Southern California, Broadway and East Main and El Cajon, or online anytime, anywhere at El Cajon Ford.com. Are you looking for a quality fishing experience out of Cabo San Lucas for you, your family, and friends, but are a bit set back with just what company to go with? Rod and Reel Radio urges you to try American and family-owned Land's End Charters. Land's End Charters offer their clients affordable and all-inclusive services on a variety of vessels and trips. Fish with their brand name fishing gear while experiencing the hospitality of a family-run business with over 50 years of experience. Go to LandsEndCharters.com to see all the current vessels and amenities available and call Cabo Greg or Jenny directly at 800-281-5778 when you're ready to get fishing. If the fish are biting, I'm on my boat, rain or shine. Of course I wear my life jacket. It's like wearing a seatbelt. Clip it on, grab my tackle box, and hit the water. Love California. Boat California. Save California. A message from California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. H&M Landing is the most diversified sport fishing company on the West Coast. Serving the angling community since 1935, H&M Landing's name recognition and reputation for customer service is the best in the business. The H&M fleet provides the widest range of trip options and boasts the coast's largest open party fleet. For ocean fishing any time of the year, H&M Landing should be your choice for near shore and offshore fishing. H&M is San Diego's most experienced sport fishing company, offering the best in half-day, three-quarter day, full, and multi-day trips, and a complete schedule of long-range adventures. Call today, H&M Landing, 619-222-1144, or visit their website at www.hmlanding.com for updated schedules and secure online booking. H&M Landing, the experienced angler's first choice in local and multi-day fishing since 1935. That's H&M Landing at 619-222-1144 or hmlanding.com. Quantum Fishing's got something for everybody. From the smallest angler to the oldest veteran, we can get you out there fishing with the greatest reels on the market today. From the all-new for 2016 Icon PT to the Tour Mag to the brand-new redesigned Smoke Reel, we've got something for everyone in your family. Have some fun. Take a kid fishing. They're the future of our sport. Quantum, we are performance-tuned. You can get your Quantum products at anglersarsenal.com or anglersarsenal in the Mesa at 619-466-8355. Rod and Reel Radio is now available as a podcast you can subscribe to on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcasting app. Get notified as soon as new episodes are available or go back and listen to our past shows. Browse through all of our archive shows at roddenreelradio.com slash archives and click the subscribe button to get started listening now. Hi, this is BSS record holder Dean Rojas. El Cajon Ford helped me when I got started in my career, and let them help you with a new F-Series Ford truck. And remember, nobody beats El Cajon Ford. 
and Southern California. Welcome back to the second hour of Rod and Reel Radio. Wendy Toshahara is with us tonight. Stan Vandenberg is off on some family business. We have here in studio Captain Ron Baker, and he's been commenting on not only a kids' fishing tournament, but uh, we'll be talking a little bit more about halibut fishing and a few other things here in the future. But, hey, I want to bring aboard a special friend of mine. He has helped me out sell a lot of his jigs here in the in the uh, shop. They've been really successful. You've probably fished with them, too, from one cool tuna, Mr. Jeff Squires. Jeff, welcome to the show, sir. Hey, thank you. How are you doing tonight, John? Well, we are doing well, but I, I just saw on Facebook you had an unfortunate incident. I'm, I'm, I hope you can get around that and uh, uh, keep things up for us tonight and uh, talk about What's happening with your jigs? Yeah, I, I, that's why I was a little late calling in. I was uh, trying to deal with the insurance company. But uh, everything's going to be fine. We're going to be good. We're going to make it. So nothing, nothing serious. So back to, the, back to the jigs. So, Well, you know, this time last year we were talking about an innovative topwater iron that you came out with. You named it the Z-Bar. Can you tell us a little bit about how that uh iron came about sure well the the z bar was uh was created as a surface iron to uh make the perfect jig uh get one that swam every time uh repeatedly and with the industry the way it is they were always casting or molding them and there was too many variables that wouldn't allow the repeatability of a jig to where you could Grab a jig off the sh- off the rack there, and and know that it was going to swim. So, uh, we started with a process of uh, computerized machining them with a uh, with a CNC machine, and we can keep it within three thousandths of an inch exactly uh, every jig. And we use solid billet aluminum, uh, and it's not poured, it's not cast, so there's no voids in it. It's it's a solid piece of metal, so it's balanced. So in, in that, that process, yeah, go on. In that process, we are able to cut it and form it and have it balanced, and every one of them is exactly the same. So once we got the design down right and made sure that it swam, we can now repeat that process and get them all to swim. And last year, the Z bar was was a very very big success, and over the the off season, we've uh, made a few modifications to the jig, and didn't think we could improve on it, but I think we did. And uh, the new the new version coming out uh, will be released at the Tread Hall Show is going to be uh, the OCT Ten. That's one cool tuna OCT, nice. and the Ten because it's a perfect Ten. <laughs> All right. Well, you know, one of the things that I'd like. Uh, about your looking over the production of the Z-Bar, you even in the beginning, you had some problems even with the powder coat and being able to color them because you didn't want those dimensions thrown off by the thickness of the powder coat, which can't be a whole heck of a lot. Yeah. Yeah, there was, yeah, well, it wasn't so much the dimension as it changed the dimensions, but what it did was it... um, when you powder coat uh, bare metal, they, they have to texture it uh, to get the powder coat to adhere to it, to something for it to grab a hold of. And standard process is, is that they sandblast it. 
and bead blast it, give it a, a, a rough coat to it. Well, when they do that, what happens is, is that they start taking the edges off, and you start getting that variable that you get with a casted jig. Somebody goes a little bit heavy on one side or a little bit light on one side. They, they don't do it consistently. There's, there's not that repeatability or consistency that you can get with it. So what we ended up doing was is we actually started to machine the texture to the jig. And all they have to do now for powder coating is, is actually clean it. And that's just a chemical clean. Uh, so it's not, they don't have to do any etching to it or any kind of texturing to get the, the powder coat to stick to it. So now, that way we, we got that consistency without losing the edges. I know you were always eager to hear about the fishermen having success with the jig. Tell us just how successful they were, especially in light of uh, some of those tuna that came through uh, last season. Oh, yeah, the, the, those big bluefin uh, were definitely, when they were on the surface feeding, uh, these guys were starting to learn that they could throw these surface irons at them and, and get bit with them. And there was, I have, I have photos of, of over six bluefin tuna uh, the largest one was 123, and the <clears throat> smallest, I think, was about 68 pounds. And there was at least six giant bluefin tuna caught on the, on the Z-Bar jig and uh, many others in between. Uh, I, personally got, I personally got a 48-pounder on, uh, on one of our trips uh, over the, um, the Labor Day weekend. Now, to be successful to, to fish... With the Z bar and the one cool two cool tuna jig right now, uh, will you explain to us a little bit about the technique that you use in fishing it, the the gear that you use, the so, uh, line weight, and uh, all these other variables, and then what kind of action, if any, do you use in order to make this jig function right? Well, the the nice thing about it is is that the jig is consistent to the point where. You all the fisherman has to do is is just get the speed down. Uh, once they get the speed down, as far as the retrieve speed on a on a surface iron, it's it's anywhere from a medium to what we call a, a slow retrieve. And once the the fisherman starts doing the retrieve on it, once they cast it out and start bringing it in, they'll notice that the the jig will start doing a a wiggle. And once they get three wiggles and then a kick out of that jig, they'll know that they've got that speed down pat. Uh, that's that's the pattern that this jig consistently puts out, and it's a three-wiggle and a, and a kick, and that's generally what gets uh, the fish all excited and bit on it. Uh, they're generally using uh, long jig rods uh, that are at least eight to nine foot uh, in length. Uh, they're using a conventional star drag reel, open face, Spinning reels, uh, I've, I've tried it just to experiment with it, and the spinning reels don't really <clears throat> lend to, to surface irons because of the, the rotation of the, the spinning reel and the way it brings the line back on. It, it tends to make the jig do erratic wiggles on its, uh, that you don't need. So it just I, I don't know why, but it just doesn't. Spinning reels just don't work. You really need a conventional reel. And uh, star drags are definitely better for for surface iron fishing. Now, uh, 
the, in fishing this the jig, longer uh, the rod, the better. Jeff, in, in, we've got uh, Jeff Squires from One Cool Tuna with us, and obviously we're talking about fishing a, a surface iron, and in particular his Z-Bar, and then his uh, uh, new uh, One Cool Tuna jig. Uh, when you cast that thing, do you start reeling immediately, or do you count that down, or do you make cast different, that maybe you start on the surface and then the next cast is count it down uh, 1,000, 2,000, 3,000, and then do that and then count it down deeper. Uh, what kind of a pattern do you use uh, when uh, uh, sending uh, the uh, surface jig out, Jeff? Generally, as a rule of thumb, you want it to hit the water and then pretty much start retrieving it right away. Uh, if you let it drop maybe a couple of seconds, um, you, you'd be fine with that. Uh, if if the fish are down deeper, um, if they're not right on the surface boiling on, on bait or if they're not tailing, if you're not seeing them directly on the surface, then, yeah, you definitely want to let it drop down, a, a, you know, a few seconds to, to get it down into the in front of the fish. But generally what you want to do is just start retrieving it back uh, at a medium speed. You'll get the wiggles out of it. You'll get the kick out of it, and that will generally draw the fish up to the surface. And to me, surface iron fishing is probably the most exciting fishing out there because you you get such a reaction bite and the explosion on the surface of the water that uh, that's that's the thrill of it when it comes to fishing is just seeing that bit. Because a lot of times when fish are, when people are fishing bait, they don't actually see the bite. They just see the line take off or or you know or they're reeling up and they get bit on the retrieve, but you don't actually see the bite. Surface iron fishing, you, you see the bite, and it's it's, yeah. it's explosive. It's exciting. Now, you know, the the Z-Bar then is, is something that uh, one cool tuna will be uh, retiring in a way, and now they'll come out with the, uh, the uh, uh, OCT 10 jig. Tell us, are they going to see anything significantly different in the appearance of this jig when they uh, start hitting the market? Uh, the OCT-10 is going to have a little bit more aggressive texture to it uh, because we were fighting when we were powder coating them that uh, the texture was kind of getting lost in it, and we found that the texture actually definitely helped it on uh, some of its hydro hydrodynamics. Uh, we've sharpened up the edges. Uh, the edges on this now are very, very sharp. Uh, which helps it cut into the water better. And then we um, we exaggerated one of the hips just a little bit more than we had on the last one. And we've also beefed up the hooks. Uh, we were we were finding that the deck hands were were really wrenching them wrenching the hooks hard to get them out of the fish's mouth. And uh, in doing so, they were bending the hooks. So we've stepped it up to a 4.0 hook, and it's the VMC uh, 4.0 4X tough hook and uh i i really like that hook on this now it's uh it's a much beefier a much tougher hook and i think we're gonna get away from that uh deckhand abuse well last year i remember when you were uh, introducing the z bars how exciting you were as it evolved from one color to the next color to the next color uh tell us about uh, what colors the uh, one cool tuna uh, surface iron is going to be available in. 
We've got it in the what we call the naked, which is just the bare aluminum. Uh, we have it in the white. It's a pearl white. Uh, we have it in a mint, which is a custom powder coat mint that I've that I've come up with. Uh, we've also have it in a anodized black, uh, which is probably one of my favorite colors. A lot of people don't realize it, but it's black is is a really good color for a jig because it's high contrast. Uh, and then we've got a brand new color coming out uh, this year that's a sardine color. Uh, it's sort of like an olive color, right. but it's also an anodized. It's a hard anodized, so it's a it's a really good good coating for it. I am working on a blue and white, and I am working on a scrambled egg. Uh, the problem is is that I prefer to use powder coat over conventional paint. And with powder coat, it's hard to do two colors. It's almost impossible to do two separate colors. So it's a process that I'm working on, and, and hopefully this year I'll get that, that process worked out. It's really the action, though. The, the jigs, it's, you know, the colors are more for the fishermen than they are the fish. Yep. 10-4. <laughs> 10-4 on that one. Yep. <laughs> you know, uh, th- that jig was immensely popular last year. Uh the only two problems that were with it is because of the cost of production, it was a little pricier jig. And then also because of the the way the jig was made, there just weren't that many of them available. How have you addressed these problems, uh, Jeff? Uh, cost cost is still an issue. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a work in progress that, that we are definitely trying to address to try to lessen the cost on it, but it's just the process that it takes to make these things is not is not a cheap process. So um, it is it is in our mind we need to reduce the cost on this to try to lessen that. Uh, but um, as it is, we're not increasing the price with the changes that we've made to it. So I see that as a good thing. Uh, as far as availability, uh, I am ramping up production on this. Uh, before we were doing them in batches of 300. Uh, right now, I'm scheduled. Uh, our schedule on production is is in 500 piece batches. So we've definitely uh, increased the the production batches on that, and we're hoping that uh, we can actually increase that a little bit more uh, as we get into the season. Hey, Jeff, Captain Ron here. You know, I yeah. run a party boat out of ocean, out of Oceanside, and out of San Diego. And we do yeah. a lot of jig fishing. I, we we love it. I can honestly oh, yeah. tell you. I can honestly tell you the most popular color for the people. Now I've seen a lot of people, not just somebody's tackle box. I think for surface iron, I think more people like to fish that mint color than any color. And yeah. I, and I, yeah, I don't know why. My son is that way. Oh my God, that's all he'll use on a yo-yo. It's either a scrambled egg or a blue and white. And that's it. Probably, yep. There's probably been more fish, more yellowtail caught on a. Blue and white yo-yo iron than any color ever, ever, ever. I know, and it just—it it amazes me that uh, that it gets that way. And, and generally, as a rule of thumb, it's whatever—it's whatever the first guy that is on the boat that day got bit with. Okay, yeah. You know, the—that's <laughs> the color that—that's the color that's hot that day. You know. Yeah, I mean, it could have been a purple one if if it was the first one that got caught. Everybody says, "What color was that?" He's purple. All of a sudden, everybody yeah. wants to tie purples on. So, yeah. you know, but uh, it's with the surface iron, with a yo-yo jig, uh, I can understand it. It's a little bit more, 
dropping down and getting in front of it. But on the surface, yeah, it's it's the action that gets the the thing bit. And mint is mint is by far my most our, our most popular color um, as far as cells go. But to be honest with you, the uh, the reason we do the white is is because we've actually had fishermen use sharpies and mark them up with sharpies yeah. in <laughs> patterns and colors as they want, yeah. and then they can wipe it off and and start over again the next yeah. trip. Can I, now, can I date myself real quick? Like, uh, sure, go ahead. Date? Well, what do you mean date yourself? Well, when I was a kid, oh. I was on a real special out of Norm's Landing. Was that Wellbone you were using? That Dal Salas <laughs> used to come fishing with me. He was one of the one of the first guys to make jigs, Dal Salas. He had a wooden leg. Mm-hmm. All, all those decks were plank decks, so when he hooked the fish, you could hear him coming. Clunk, 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 clunk. <laughs> oh, yeah. In fact, Bobbitt Masters told him to nail a tire, a piece of tire to this wooden leg. But he, you know, he always had, he, he I don't know, he, you know what he else he told me? He said, this is the action, Ron. Wobble, wobble, flop. Wobble, wobble, flop. This is about what you said, the same thing. Right. Yeah. You get that right speed, you get that right kick, and that's, boom. Hey, uh, Jeff, you before. You the kick, we'll get you bit. That's Jeff, it. Jeff, before we let you go here, uh, when do you believe the one cool tuna, uh, you know, 10 jigs uh, are going to be available? I'm going to release them at Fred Hall this year. So, all right, good. That was so they'll, good. They'll be in shops. It, 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 they'll be released at Fred Hall, and uh, we'll have them in shops that the week of Fred Hall. So even if you're not going up to Fred Hall, uh, the local shops, all the ones that we had stocked <clears throat> last season with the uh, with the Z Bar jigs, all those stores have uh, went around last weekend and talked to everybody and got them all up to to speed on it, and everybody's agreed to take the new. OCT tens in, and uh, we're ready to. We're going to have everything ready to go for Fred Hall. So, how, how about Del Mar? Are you going to be at Del Mar show? Yes, we'll be oh, definitely great. be at Del Mar show. Yeah. Um, working working that out with John right now, and uh, we'll be definitely at Fred at Del Mar, and then also uh, I also do the Day at the Dock show. Awesome, right? And you know, we also want to remind you when you go into your local uh, dealer. One Cool Tuna makes some really dynamic um, labels that you can stick on to the uh, fishing reel that uh, are pretty hot. They look cool. Uh, obviously, they don't take up a whole lot of space, and uh, uh, I know they help us out. In fact, we use them here in the shop. When we uh, line up uh, uh, customers with line, we stick one of uh, the One Cool Tuna labels on the side so the guys uh, – Every time they pick up their uh, Ron Reel, they know exactly with what pound test they're working with. So that's another great product that you, you make, Jeff. Thanks a lot for uh, uh, putting that out. Uh, do you have a Not website a or anything where or people can go and, and see this product yet, Jeff? Yeah, it's uh, onecooltuna.com, and that's O-N-E, cooltuna.com. Cool. All right. Hey, Jeff, thanks a lot and for taking all uh, my retailers listed on there and all the products. Okay, well, hey, thanks a lot. We look forward to seeing you at the Fred Hall Show, if not before, because I know we run into each other a lot. And you have a tendency to get out of the boats and do a little fishing yourself. So I know you have a a great base of uh, customers that uh, not only use your products but fish with you too. I want to thank you so much for being with us. All right. Oh, I guess, uh, yeah. (laughs) 
Yeah. Well, well, you know what? There's probably some boils on the bounty. Yeah, the I, think, I think so. Well, we went a little overtime. <laughs> That's what so. happens. <laughs> hey, where did he go? I don't know. He's up in the bow. Hey, guys, we're going to take a break right now. Uh, coming on back, uh, Captain Ron Baker. We're going to talk a little bit about how to fish for these uh, uh, Nebraska tailwalkers with the upcoming Poway Tournament. And maybe we can get them to divulge some of the things uh, that uh, we can do to help us catch some of them halibut that are out there. Because as we all know, Captain Ron Baker is one of the premier halibut guys out there. So you know, I got a new nickname for Landy. Do you now? What That's is the that? The ultimate nickname for a guy. What, they, call, it, they call me the butt man. The butt man. <laughs> if, you, if you keep on talking, I'm going to call you the overtime man. God bless him. <laughs> hey, Stan, Wendy, and uh, not Stan's out here. Wendy and Captain Ron, we'll be back after these messages. And thanks for paying attention, Jorge. We'll be back. Amber Marine has been servicing boats and outboard motors for more than 30 years in the Newport Harbor area. They're a factory-authorized dealer for Tohatsu and Nissan outboards and also provide factory-authorized repair and service for all types of marine outboards. Located near the corner of 17th and Placentia Avenue, Amber Marine is at 786 Newton Way in Costa Mesa. Affordable boating and repair since 1982. 949-646-6918 and on the web at ambermarine.net. Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel specially heat-treated to make them light and extra strong but not brittle. The Gamakatsu sharpening process is the most modern in the world and results in a perfectly conical point that is unequaled in sharpness. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing, drop shot, extra wide gap, worm hooks, finesse wide gap, and a lot more. Gamakatsu has a hook for whatever style of fishing you want to do. Don't waste your time on a cheap hook. Ask for Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. If the fish are biting, I'm on my boat, rain or shine. Of course, I wear my life jacket. It's like wearing a seatbelt. Clip it on, grab my tackle box, and hit the water. Love California. Boat California. Save California. A message from California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. H&M Landing is the most diversified sport fishing company on the West Coast. Serving the angling community since 1935, H&M Landing's name recognition and reputation for customer service is the best in the business. The H&M fleet provides the widest range of trip options and boasts the coast's largest open party fleet. For ocean fishing any time of the year, H&M Landing should be your choice for nearshore and offshore fishing. H&M is San Diego's most experienced sport fishing company, offering the best in half-day, three-quarter day, full, and multi-day trips, and a complete schedule of long-range adventures. Call today, HM Landing, 619-222-1144, or visit their website at www.hmlanding.com for updated schedules and secure online booking. H&M Landing, the experienced angler's first choice in local and multi-day fishing since 1935. That's H&M Landing at 619-222-1144 or hmlanding.com. Hey, everybody, this is a message for our listeners from a new Baja Magic Lodge at Cedros Island. Cedros Outdoor Adventures wants to make your dream of fishing Cedros Island a reality. Want to go after giant calicos or yellowtail with the best Cedros Island fishing organization, but you just don't know who to contact? Then give Cedros Outdoor Adventures a call at 619-793-5419, or even better yet, log on to their informative website at cedrosoutdooradventures.com. There you can visit their trip calendar and schedule a trip that's convenient for you. Once again, the phone number is 619-793-5419 or their website of cedrosoutdooradventures.com. 
If the fish are biting, I'm on my boat, rain or shine. Of course, I wear my life jacket. It's like wearing a seatbelt. Clip it on, grab my tackle box, and hit the water. Love California. Boat California. Save California. A message from California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. Hey, Wendy and I, we want to welcome you back to Ron Real Radio. Captain Ron Baker is our special guest. And Captain Ron, he's going to be running the third, the 22nd annual El Cajon Ford Lake Poway Kids Derby, where the kids get a chance to go fish free. And Captain Ron, uh, you just uh, were off a seminar that you gave at uh, Turner's up in San Marcos here. You were giving some tips on how the kids might be able to better catch some of these trout day here uh, next week. Can you uh, give us uh, some of the highlights of that yeah, seminar well, and yeah. let us know how's the best way to do it? I think with the kids, rigging the kids, make it simple. Don't make it so it's, they can't do it. Make it something simple so they can, if they're using it, they can see it. And make the hook the right size where they can learn to put their bait on because it's a learning process. Hopefully, each time you go, they learn a little bit more, you know. But I think a power a power bait rig, a good way to go, is with a piece of fluorocarbon leader. I used I like to use a, a maybe a eighth ounce weight slider. Sometimes a little bullet weight like you'd use when you were Texas rigging a worm or something that works pretty good. Maybe a leader about foot and a half or two foot. Uh, and keep it on, keep it on the bottom. How about using a bobber? Well, a lot of guys do. A lot of guys will use use those those clear bobbers, those bobbers you those fill water full of water. Yeah. yeah, they throw those out, so they'll sink. And you got to remember, they'll sink at first, but then the deeper they go, the lighter they become. So they don't sink all the way to the bottom. That's a good way to go if you're going to use, say, a blown up night crawler. That's, I think, the most popular bait. Get that little tube, you blow them up, you know. The, There'll be guys at the lake to show you how to do that. Okay. And um, then I like to cut cut the worm in half below the tip of it up, and then I like to use a single hook on that, like a size oh, 8 or a 10, and just hook them once and then put a little power bait over the shank of that hook, just a little bit of color right there, just to kind of hide that. But by hooking them one time through, you leave the hook exposed, so when they bite it, they get the hook. Treble hooks are kind of hard just to put them on and then when you, and not when you wind them in not twist the line all up because they're not straight i understand yeah and, and you use that for a while next thing you know man your leader's all twisted up so you know we're always talking about catch and release but when you go to an event like this the fish are put in there and they're meant to be taken out exactly and enjoyed. I mean, take them home and eat them. They're great eating fish, oh, aren't they? They're nice big. Limits four at Lake Power. You know, you get four, three pounders. You got a lot of trout there. So. You're not you're kidding. Now, I know you're also a, a vid- big advocate of Carolina Keepers. How how do people incorporate Carolina Keepers in into this type of a rig? Well, sometimes with really small line. Sometimes, and if you use too big a weight, keepers will slide. That was a problem when they first came out, and I told Preston about that. But the way to do this with this new fluorocarbon, and I can tell you right now, if you put fluorocarbon, you're automatically a better fisherman. There's not a lot of things you can just put on your rod and reel and become a better fisherman in fluorocarbon, especially in the lakes. Like, those lakes are really clear. I know that Poway is really clear. San Vicente is clear. 
So I think it's like a two-pound leader, nice soft drag. You're in no hurry to get them in. Savor the moment when you hook one. Four pounds would be about the heaviest leader. But if you use like a John Collins knot to go from the mono to the fluorocarbon, you put the you put the keeper on, and then you put the put a weight on. And what happens is that the keeper will stop at the John Collins knot. That keeps it from sliding. Okay. So if a guy, because all you want that weight to do is go to the bottom. It's going to lay on the bottom, and then the line is floated up. And when they buy it, they don't feel the weight. They, the line slides through the weight. So I don't, I don't know why you couldn't use a little heavier weight. If you have a casting problem or you may want to cast it farther out, go use a half-ounce weight. What does that matter? The keeper's not going to slide. Before, with the light line, the keeper would kind of slide sometimes, especially with the water and lubricant. makes it slide. But if you put a little connection there, it, it doesn't slide. It stops right Yeah, now. and explain to some people, they're probably scratching their head. They're going, Carolina Keeper, whatever. And I can't believe, you know, we've been selling Carolina Keepers for, oh, my gosh. I don't even yeah. want to. It's got to be 15 years. It's been a product that's been out. But tell us, what is a Carolina Keeper, and, and how do you actually deploy it so little, on the line? a little piece of plastic. I'd say it's maybe a quarter of an inch long, maybe about quarter inch diameter. There's a little slot in it. You take a pair of needle nose and you squeeze it until that little slot opens up. You put your line through it. You run the Carolina Keeper up. Put your weight on first, then the Carolina Keeper. And sometimes with light line, I'll take the pliers and I'll kind of squeeze down on that little slot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, you know, one nice thing about the Carolina Keeper is that it, it uh, like unlike a split shot or whatever it does, it doesn't it doesn't, yeah. it doesn't nick the line. Yeah. And then if you find out that uh, the fish aren't biting uh, at uh, whatever depth you have the Carolina keeper rated at, instead of uh, having to undo everything and retie and everything, uh, all you do is you take and you squeeze the keeper with the pliers and you can move it up the line and yeah. you can make you the don't leader. You move it by itself; it'll score no. the line. Right. You gotta always make sure you. You squeeze it with your pliers and move it. When I first saw those, I saw the application for saltwater. I was we were advertising for Preston on Fish Talk Radio. We started that, but when I first got them, I would go take my son over to Lake Poway and I'd give them out to the old timers. And then a couple of times I went back, the guy said, "You know those keepers were good, he said, but the color's wrong because the trout eat the keepers because they see it's red." So I passed that along to Preston. That's how they got the California clear. Right. Uh, do you have any uh, uh, information on how that product was first evolved? I always thought it was a byproduct of some other type of product uh, that it was. It was originally made for bass fishing, Carolina rigging. Yeah. But it's just a, a lot of guys like to fish a slider. A lot of guys, if they use a swivel, that's no good to stop the slide because then you have extra knots and there's a weak link. Or... They'll use a split shot, and that'll damage the line. And if you say you get into a sand bass bite and the leader gets a little chafed with a keeper, you can just open it up, move it up the line, cut the bad spot off, tie a new hook on, and you're ready to go. You, know, you don't have to cut the whole That's why I up. like that keeper. Yeah. That's why I like that keeper, and I use it for surf fishing. And yeah. You just move it on up and just cut it off and tie on your hook again. Yeah. Right. Obviously, the larger uh, the diameter of the line, better the keeper stays on there. Joe Mendoza showed me those. Joe Mendoza passed away a few years ago. Great bass fisherman. Great fisherman. Great fisherman. Yeah. 
So, you know, it's so all kinds of fishing. I mean, you probably even, you know, we'll, we'll move on a little bit. Now when you're halibut fishing, there's even an application for the Carolina Keeper. There is an application, but I tell guys that when they're fishing halibut, don't put the slider on the line, especially down in Imperial Beach because we're fishing over cobblestones. That halibut bunches up on round rocks. People think, oh, they live in the sand. Well, they don't really live in the sand because when they're spawning, they lay their eggs on a hard bottom. So that way they don't wash away. Mm-hmm. They lay them in the sand, they just wash away. So sliders weren't a good thing when you were drifting because they would get hung up in the little nooks and crannies. If you're going to use a keeper and you want to use a slider, put a swivel on and then tie a leader off of the swivel and put your weight on a dropper. And don't use a round egg weight. Use a torpedo sinker or a ring sinker. The longer and skinnier, the better, the less chance to get hung up. Get hung up. Hey, we're going to talk a little bit more about fishing with Captain Ron Baker. Wendy Toshihara, too, is also here. Hey, you're listening to Ron Real Radio. We're going to take a break right now. Ron Baker will be with us at the end of the show. If you want to uh, text us any messages, we've got a bunch of them that have been texted into us, and we've been incorporating them into the show here. Please do so. So uh, stay tuned. There's still lots more Rod and Reel Radio to come. We'll be back after these messages. Chris Randall from Chief Sports Fishing. And Captain Chris, tell us about what's happening on the Chief. It's here, and it's time to go on the Chief. For those who are not familiar with the vessel, she's an 85 by 24 deluxe sport fisher that offers a wide variety of open party trips, ranging from one to five days in length. We're also available for private group charters. The Chief's onboard anemones include a fully remodeled galley with comfortable seating for 25, twin flat screen TVs with hundreds of movies, two roomy indoor heads with fresh hot water showers, stateroom and open berthing areas, an impressively large deck area, 200 scoop bait capacity, we have twin 6 ton spray brine fish holds to keep your catch fresh, and our professional courteous crew will go the extra mile to make your trip a memorable one. To view our schedule, log on to H&M Landing at www.hmlanding.com or feel free to give them a call at 619-222-1144 You can also follow us on Facebook and at our webpage at chiefsportfishing.com Every serious angler knows that a quality hook is an important part of their arsenal. Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel, specially heat-treated to make them light and extra strong, but not brittle. Gamakatsu ring hooks are made with a one-piece ring, no welds, no weak spots, a very smooth-moving ring. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing. Live bait hooks, both light and heavy-duty, to four extra strong. Circle hooks, tuna hooks, ring hooks, tuna doubles, and many more. Don't waste your next fishing trip on a cheap hook. Get Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. Hey, bass fishermen, who do you call for your bass boat insurance? Well, if you're not calling me at 1-800-BASS-BOAT for your boat insurance, you're probably paying too much and may not have the coverage that you need. In 1974, I developed the bass boat program that is what all the pros use today. The reason? No depreciation or any partial claim for your hull, your big motor, your trolling motor, or your electronics until your boat's 10 years old. That's right. You only pay $250 to get your boat on the water for any partial claim, and we still pay a stated value replacement cost for your boat if you have a total loss. We're the only people in the industry that does that, and that's why we are the choice of the pros. So if you want the best, forget the rest. Just call 1-800-BASS-BOAT. Call one 800 227 
800-345-7262 or just spell Bass Boat. 1-800-BASS-BOAT. I know there's too many letters, but the T is free and the call's on me. That's 1-800-BASS-BOAT, the choice of the pros for Bass Boat Insurance. For more information, log on to 1-800-BASSBOAT.com. If the fish are biting, I'm on my boat, rain or shine. Of course, I wear my life jacket. It's like wearing a seatbelt. Clip it on, grab my tackle box, and hit the water. Love California. Boat California. Save California. A message from California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. Hey, we want to welcome you all back to Rod and Reel Radio. Captain Ron Baker is with Woody Toshar and myself tonight, and we've talked about the Kids Fishing Derby coming up at Lake Poway on February 3rd and 4th. Captain Ron announced uh, also when his... Kids fishing at on the uh, uh, the what uh, Crystal Pier. the Crystal Pier over in Pacific Beach, yep. and that made the announcements on that. And that's the date. We're gonna, that's we look, the date. I got a tie from you. We figured it out. He's uh, given us a little bit of uh, information on how best to go out and get yeah, those to Nebraska tailwalkers. Yeah. And we're going. We're talking a little bit. You know, Captain Ron, you've been fishing the local waters. I know you've always specialized in the the three-quarter day and the one-day trip, getting the, the everyday angler out there and, and getting them on halibut. And I, I know you like all kinds of fishing, but halibut's got to be uh, one, one of well, the, the, a, the fish that give you the least, most well, amount of satisfaction. It's, yeah, it's, it's a fish of a lifetime when you catch one. Whether you catch one or not, when you see somebody bring a nice big fat one up, that's how they got their name, Barn Door. Yep. So... I mean, I had people that would come out four or five times, and then they'd catch one. Because anybody can catch them. As long as you're rigged right, you want to fish them with a real soft drag. Don't pump the rod. Just turn the handle. Go easy. Don't let them shake their head. Use a sharp hook like a Kamigatsu, uh, uh, that circle hook, that Nautilus circle hook. Yes. But that's not for everybody, you know. I got, I have a – John gave me a good sponsorship when I was catching those halibut. But circle hooks aren't for everybody because they're kind of hard for the novice to hook. And when it's hard for them to hook, then they end up with a lot of scales in their hand. So you want to teach yourself to hook your bait on when, and not have any scales. You want everything to be perfect, and then you might get lucky and catch one. How, with using that Nautilus hook, how do you hook up uh, a live bait? Through the nose. Through the sideways nose. Sideways through the little white spot on the chovies. Okay. Or sometimes you can go up, but... The fact that it's a little offset makes it a little hard to go up through the bottom and up. I started using just a regular live bait hook, thin wire live bait hook, because they're kind of curvy, too, and they're really, really sharp. I mean, you can't even get one out of the package without sticking yourself. So they're the, No, they're the best. Sure. They're the best hooks, and they're strong. You never straighten one out. My wife, Dina, turned me on to those. She started catching albacore on those things. You know? Does it make a difference to using a ring hook or not, or prefer not to? Well, I, I use the old dreaded baldy knot, my loop knot, but mm. you can use a ring hook. I've seen some of these new Kamigatsu hooks that got the most smallest petite little ring I've ever seen in my life. Can't you believe it? That's an, can a you believe seamless that? ring? I my gave, gosh. I gave seminars last year at the at Fred Hall of Del Mar with those. John sent me some, and when I saw them, and when I showed them to the people, it's like, oh, my God. It's like, <laughs> I mean, we got more good gear to use. It's, I feel sorry for the fish sometimes, you know? You know, I, I am always amazed at the mechanics on how a circle hook works. Can you explain to us exactly how you believe a circle hook works when, you know, when it's uh, actually hooking a fish? 
Well, I think lots of times when a fish bites it, they don't, they don't maybe, sometimes they run towards you, but most of the time they run away one way or the other. We don't really know which way they run because we just get a pickup. And we don't. We like to think we know where our bait all, is all the time, but that doesn't mean you can't put your bait out and have that bait swim to the right or swim to the left, especially sardines. Oh, that's, you get mega tangles because of that. But I think it gets drug along the inside of their mouth, and when it gets to the corner, that circle will dig into their jaw. That's why you catch them in the corner of the mouth. You know, I was on a uh, trip with Captain Chris Randall a couple of seasons ago. We got into a phenomenal yellowfin tuna bite we were on yellowfin tuna for almost seven hours we were chasing um, uh, a porpoise school and i was using the uh, uh, gamakatsu number two uh, circle hook the 42412 is uh, yeah. is the number on that great hooks. and it was it was an open bite for everyone and i'd bring in the fish and the deckhands were trying to keep up with the fish coming in and you know, processing them, and a lot of times they'll take and they'll just cut the line because they don't see the hook. But if they see that circle hook in the corner of the fish's mouth, they'll put the pliers down, they'll unhook it, and they'll give it to you. Well, I got got my first hook back, and I used it again, got my second hook back, used it again, brought in my third fish, got my third fish in, unhooked it, and the deckhand looks at me, he goes, "Are are you using the same hook? I go, yeah, I haven't retied yet. Yeah. He says, but I'm going to retie, but I'm going to use the same hook. I caught my limit of yellowfin that day and never changed the hook out once. You know, it was one of the, the same big hook. things that people don't realize, that's those, those thin wire Kamigatsu hooks are extremely strong. I wouldn't fish 40 pounds, you know, with a 40-pound drag or something, but they're just normal fishing, but they're light. Yeah. And it makes the bait have so much more action. I think that's it. You know, obviously, keeping the bait alive, keeping it as lively as you can. I think everything you can do helps a lot. The more petite and the more fine you can get your gear, everything about it, the more bites you're going to get. That's it. Now, when fishing halibut, I know there's a lot of fishermen that like to use a stinger hook in the bait. Do you think that helps the productivity or not? Well, I never used it. I might be okay for a guy that's in a skiff. But can you imagine me with 25 people and 20 rent rods? And these guys are all rigged with a single hook and a treble hook? Come on. You think I can deal with that? I mean, (laughs) fingers and people will be, oh, my God. So I I never used them. And I used to tell guys, um, if they wanted to use them, but I wasn't going to rig them. Besides, you catch a lot of shorts with those treble hooks. A lot of shorts because they they get caught by the treble hook. Right. And lots of times they're gullet hooked, so they end up dead. Yeah. So I... You can't release I, them. I don't really use them. I like to see the fishing game outlaw, if you want to know the truth. You know, uh, Captain Ron, a lot of times people are fishing for halibut. They think they get bit. They set the hook. There's nothing there. Can you tell us how a halibut actually sometimes will approach a bait and uh, what happens to you know before it really decides to eat that bait? Well, it depends on the bait. But I think anchovies are the best bait for halibut. Sardines work. They're a little bit big. There's a little bit of a, a munchum problem. They have a hard time walking up the bait. But most of the time on an anchovy, when they bite it, most fish bite take their bait down head first. Because if you try to take them down tail first, the fins yeah. won't go down their throat. And I used to tell people, you know, just fish with a nice soft drag, hit the bottom, leave it there. 
drift along 30 seconds. Kind of lift your rod up, see if you can feel that sinker banging on those rocks. That's what you could see. You're fishing cobblestones. You can feel that thing banging on those rocks. Let a little line out. Keep it up. Keep it up. Keep it up. And when the rod bend, when the rod bends, turn the handle because that's when they eat it. They eat it. So you actually feel the pressure of oh, the fish. Oh, yeah. Yeah, on on the line. Yeah, they they chomp it right down. You know. Now I know you've been going after halibut for a long time, but couple of seasons ago, you were especially recognized for halibut. Tell us about that. Well, I just played a hunch. I learned how to fish halibut with Dick Helgren. Dick Helgren and I, I worked for Dick when I was a kid, and we fished out of Oxnard, and we caught, I was telling you before the show, we had 100 fish days fishing Santa Rosa Island for halibut. And I just, his wisdom, and he mentored me, and I just passed on. Then when I stumbled on some halibut at Point Loma, I was running a half day. Fred was doing boat work, and I was fishing a half day on the Point Loma. So I decided to go try for halibut down there. I asked some guys around, oh, no, the old-timers used to fish there, but we don't fish there anymore. Well, why? The beautiful kelp bed there. Why don't we fish there? Oh, I don't know, but I knew some of the old-timers fished there. So I went down there and just stumbled into It's a dream fishery. You know? I had the most halibut on the coast that year. Well, I had 352 in like three months. That's what I was thinking. You were uh, recognized. It was by the state for having the most yeah, halibut. I got it. I couldn't got that. Chad Chad Woods gave me the the award at the Fred All Show. I got that award for the most halibut. Wow. Now, our California halibut are not the same as the halibut that we see up here in Alaska. Uh, Tell us about to- that. Totally difference. different. They're shaped different. I fished on those years ago. I delivered the boat that go fish that. TV show that was sponsored by the Red Lobster. Mm-hmm. Remember that show? That yeah. was a great show. Well, I delivered that boat from Vancouver to Sitka, Alaska, and I got to take that trip up the Inside Passage with that boat. Now, even though they don't get that big, you've caught some big halibut, in the, or, or your passengers have uh, in the past years. What the, wh- Our biggest you, one? Yeah, what's the biggest one? 54. Wow. That was at Imperial Beach. And there's another little spot we used to fish. Uh, we called it the Last Chance Butthole is what we called it. It was right off of Torrey Pond, I mean, right off of the Hotel Dell. There's another little rocky, hard-bottom spot. And we used to come back up and fish there, and it was always good for a couple of fish. And it was, it, the grade was tremendous, you know. So hey. do, you, do you think you have an advantage being on the pick, or do you have an advantage halibut fishing uh, drifting? I think you have an it. Well, it depends. There's nothing wrong with spot fishing, but there's nothing wrong with drifting. You drift, you, you cover more ground. And I can tell you guys, too, the guys the guys that used to do the best on my boat would be the guys that fish on the downwind side. Put more weight on, put eight ounces of weight, fish on the downwind side. The reason for that is that bait would get to any new fish first. And we had, we had a lot of guys that fished plastic. You know, there was a, one plastic that was made by the... Herb Reed, the salt shaker, that yeah. one that he made like an anchovy. That was a great bait. And uh, something else, too. When do you know that Eddie Lopez had a bait, a spinner bait? Coastal uh, spinner right. baits. Yeah. Coast spinner baits. Oh, my God. It was an ounce and a half bait with Colorado blades. Ounce and a half and three quarter ounce. Yep. Colorado blades because there was a lot of thump and you could fish it really slow. Halibut like stuff that shine, man. That's it. Is there an optimum depth 
to fish halibut, or is it a matter of what the bottom is like more about where they like to hang out? I caught them from like 35 to 75 feet. That's where I caught them. I caught them all over. Some areas were better than others. It's like that thing, trying to figure out where not to go. I have to fish down there every day, every day, every day, every day. Then you kind of figure out where to go. and where. This. I had a couple spots that were just phenomenal. We'd make eight or nine or ten fish drifts. One drift, catch eight or nine, you know. Well, you know, and and that makes sense because we talk about catching halibut in San Diego Bay. And other than the channel, probably the predominant depth in San Diego Bay is about 35 feet. And that's that's where the clam beds are and that's where the halibut are. And it all goes together. I grew up fishing halibut on the Redondo Beach Pier. That was probably one of the best pier fishing things. And the old timers used to be lying up there. Oh, and those halibut would bite. They'd lower the net down. It was what a show. Oh, right. The old timer used to tell me, along the boulevard, along Torrance Beach, and went down toward Paddleboard Cove that way. That was all ivy, right? Right. And the ivy flowers were purple. That's the time to catch them. All right. Captain Ron, uh, Jorge is telling me it's time yeah. to get going over here. We want to thank you for being with us tonight. Yeah. Come on the kids, out. Kid Fishing Derby at Lake Poway. Friday the third, the third, Saturday the fourth. Camp out, yeah. have a great time there. Thanks a lot, a lot for being with us, Captain Ron. Oh, take a kid fishing. Oh, thanks a lot. That's it. <laughs> yeah, Wendy, thanks a lot too, uh, and uh, congratulations. Uh, give uh, Merritt our congratulations for doing so well in the Bay Bass tournament. I will, and you have a good week. All right. Hey, on behalf of everyone, Jorge and the AM five forty studios, Ben, our local uh, engineer here. We want to wish everyone a good night. Always in memory of Big Tuna Bill and Eddie McCune, thanking him for giving us this uh, uh, <clears throat> this tradition here that is Rod and Reel Radio. We want to thank you, the fishermen, for listening to us. So on behalf of all of us, go out and get them. It's going to be a great week to do it. We'll see you on the water. We're out for now. Good night, everybody. Every time I go out to your place, you gone fishing.